KMW, I'm Melissa. And I'm Stephanie Carcace. And we are two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk, the podcast. We are so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you are investing in becoming the best version of you. And we're just thrilled to be on this journey together. Anna Vittoni is an entrepreneur, speaker, and a personal branding expert. Six months ago, she put all of her things in storage and took a trip from coast to coast with no plans or itinerary, just with the goal of flowing with life and having no attachments to the outcome. And now we get the chance to talk with her today about all the things. On this episode, we chatted about her cross-country move and the challenges she faced along the way that almost made her turn around and go back home. We also talk about how she keeps being creative and stays committed to her craft. And she also let us into her journal and revealed her biggest goals that she will be accomplishing very soon. Here's our conversation with Anna Vatoni. I have been following you for honestly a lot of months. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just been so inspired by you. And so I kind of want to take it from the beginning because I know I personally picked up on you when you first started that journey, like coast to coast. But tell us a little bit about you and just like, as a creator, as a content creator, like what made you start creating content? I think from an early age, I had a, a desire to share what I was experiencing and what was real for me with other people. I think, you know, I think my first blog was in high school and it was, wow. you know, a funny excuse for a blog. It was just like, looking back, I think it was just on blogger and, you know, nothing really serious. And then when I studied abroad in Florence, Italy in college, I used blogging as a way for me to share what I was doing with my friends and family back home. And then that turned into something a little bit bigger. And then after I got back from Florence, I just continued to blog. And so it was always something that I had my, my uh, hand in a little bit. And I remember a year and a half ago telling my mom, I really think I need to be on TikTok. I think I really mm. should be on that app. I think that app's going to be really important for me. And I had said that to her and then six months later started this journey and it felt very natural to be sharing it on that medium in a very new style than I was used to, but it was so much fun to create in a different way. And so, yeah, it's always been something I've enjoyed doing. I love it. And it's so entertaining. Like I remember Steph was the one that found you first and she was like, look at her account. It's amazing. So I was just like, I can't help but get immersed in your world. Right. Yeah. Because you are such a beautiful storyteller, but at the same time, you're like telling your personal story. Right. Mm. How did you get to a place to like be comfortable with actually being vulnerable? Because you're pretty vulnerable in your content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm still getting to that place always. It's always a stretch. And it's always like that question of, is this too much? Am I crossing right. a line here? I mean, I'm always on that line, always. But I feel like that that challenge is where I want to be. Um, I think I became more comfortable sharing the personal vulnerable parts of my life, more so on TikTok, because I felt like I had less people there that knew me from high school yes. or knew me from college. It was like TikTok has this culture of being radically transparent and honest. And so I think that was what gave me that push. And I continue to, I think, push myself now on Instagram and on YouTube and in my blog and on my newsletter. And, you know, I have not 
yet run into any problems with doing that. The only good things have come from being honest about what I've experienced and what's real. Um, And I think that's hard for creatives who are also business owners because you're creative and you're an artist, but you're also a business owner and you're working with your clients and you're working to, um, you know, create a sustainable business that supports your life. And so you have a lot on the line and, you know, it's, it's important to put out stuff that's real for you, but you also want to be conscious of running a company. So you're touching on something really important because as humans, right, as individuals, as women, we're so complex. There's so many different sides to us. And so when you say something like, be authentic on social media, you're like, well, I'm going to look like I'm living multiple lives. (laughs) I'm going to look like I have 50 different personalities because we're so, that's truly who we are. And so I personally struggle with that. And I know Mel does too. And hearing you say that exactly, it's like you as a business person, when you show up on the internet, it's a different vibe. It's a different, it's a different mind space. And then when you're vulnerable and sharing your personal side, that that's different too. So like how do you- It's human side really. It's it's who you are. Like what's your advice on that? Because I feel like so many people struggle with that. Like who am I going to show up as today? What's that filter, right? I think all you can do is show up as who you are right now in the moment. Sometimes mm-hmm. for me, I am I feel more creative and I feel mm-hmm. artistic and I want to put something out that feels beautiful, that doesn't educate people, that is just a work mm-hmm. of art, something that I've created. And sometimes right. my place is, you know, educating and sharing more topics that teach people how to build their personal brand, that teach people how to be a more effective writer and communicator. And I actually think that you need both for your personal brand. If it's too personal, if it's only vulnerable, if it's only that side, then you might not be respected as a business leader. You might not be respected Mm -hmm. as somebody who is a thought leader. And it depends on what you're doing, of course. But then if it's, you know, if it's all that, if it's all educational, if it's all business, then you miss out on sharing the personal aspects of your life, which make you more relatable, which make you human, which make people feel connected to you. So when you're building your personal brand um, to establish yourself as a thought leader, you want to think about incorporating both into your brand. I love that. I love that. And you do such a beautiful, you do that very beautifully. Like at least consuming your content, I feel is very, you know, relatable and connected, but still, like you said, it's, it is a work of art and I love that, but I have to ask you girl, because (laughs) listen, you're crazy. You put all your things in storage and you took a road trip across the country with no plans or itinerary. Like, what were you thinking? What made you do that? (laughs) Tell us all the details, all the things. It's so funny because I look back at that point in my life and I'm like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) I did the thing. I think the pandemic, you know, it forced all of us to reassess what was important to us. And um, I realized that I needed to make a change in my life. I realized that I was ready to leave Oakland where I was living before, but I didn't know where. Um, I felt like it was time. And I had a lot of conflict because I wanted to be grounded and I wanted to feel stability and rooted. But I knew that Oakland in the Bay Area wasn't where I was going to do that. And that was really hard for me. So I had to kind of make that 
take that leap without knowing where I was going to settle and land. And um, I remember the day that I woke up and told my mom that I was going to do it. I was like, I think I'm going to put my stuff in storage and I'm going to be remote. I'm going to be mobile for a while and see what happens. And so I started making plans to do that, not knowing that I was going to drive across the country, just knowing that I was going to be mobile. And then once I put my stuff in storage and I left my apartment in Oakland um, a week later, I it kind of came to me. I was like, I've always wanted to see the East Coast in the fall. I have everything packed up, ready to go. I'm literally as free as a bird right now. My business is all online. I can take it with me. What is stopping me from going? Um, and I think in the back of my mind, I also knew that I was looking for a new place to live. And I was looking for a place where I could really build a life and build a community. And what's funny is, you know, I had such a tight knit group of friends back home, but you know, I still felt like there was something pulling me out here and, um, I needed, you know, I owed it to myself to figure out what that was. And it was very intuitive, very, very intuitive. Yes. And I think, um, I, the only reason I was able to really go through with it was because of my mom. She was super supportive of mm -hmm. me. And, you know, I, the first night of my road trip almost turned around. I was so oh, wow. scared. I was you know, I got into Reno was my first stop and I got to this like casino at like two or three in the morning after driving. And I got in and I was like, I can't believe, what am I doing? This is crazy. This is what? And all of the yeah. alarms started going off. And I texted my mom literally that night. Is it too late to turn around? And the next morning I got on the phone with her and we kind of talked through it for an hour. And, you know, she said, you are more than welcome to turn around and come home. You can stay with us but I don't think that's what you really want. And I think you owe it to yourself to see what's out there. And after that, wow. I got on the road and it felt perfect. It felt totally right. But that first night was so scary. <laughs> yeah. like, what am I doing? What a, what, what a great that. mom you have because that's, know. you know, usually parents are like, it's okay, honey, just come home. I got you. Don't right. worry, right? Our parents would do that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for her to tell me, come back. Right. You wanted that confirmation or something. What, what was that conversation like with your mom? What were you afraid of? What is, what were the thoughts? What were the feelings? Like, yeah. why, why did you want to turn around? Um, because I told myself that I should do the responsible thing. I said, the mm. responsible thing is to go home and not spend money and to work on my business and just be, be in one place. Yes. And actually this whole road trip, was the best thing I could have ever done for my business. It brought in so many new people. It like just totally helped my business thrive this year. And it's crazy because, you know, we're told to do the responsible thing all the time. We're told to stay put, don't spend a lot of money, yes. save your money, you know, do all of these things. But I think um, your intuition will tell you what the right thing is for you to do in that moment. And I think we're fed all of these different messages and all conflicting messages. So it's always hard to know what's right, but we have the answers inside of us. I think for listening. So good. Like it's so true. It's like what society or parents or whoever might be, you know, the one to tell you like, this is what's responsible, but what is responsible? Responsible is what you did is, is owning in on your intuition and following that. And so you keep on saying the word intuition and, and I, I love that because it does feel, all your content feels very like instinctual. Um, how can we, how can you help others kind of that might be listening right now or maybe seeing us 
you know, tap into their own intuition. Do you have anything to say about that? It's um, in your body. It's not something that you're going to find up here. Overthinking, mm. getting stressed out, like just letting your mind just run your day. It's actually something you feel inside of you. And one way to access your intuition is to be still and to listen and to try to be in an environment that is conducive to your mental clarity and focus. And so, you know, taking some time in the morning just to like ground yourself and try to be centered. But it's usually like we know the answer if we are listening and we're being present in our experiences and we're listening to how our, what our body tells us. Mm. Um, And I think for some people, just knowing, like actually knowing, viscerally knowing that you have it inside of you. Every answer you need in life Mm -hmm. is in you. It is not, you know, you can read all the books you want. You can work with all of the coaches you want. You can learn from all of these different, you know, mediums and all of that information and insight and knowledge is great and it will help you inform you. But the end of the day, it's here. It's like, and just knowing that is helpful. So I would say to anyone who's listening, believe that and you will find the answer that you need. I love that. I love that. So important to know that, right? Because I feel like what we've been talking about, you know, and also this, I want to change my thought for a moment because you said something where your mind went to one place, but your intuition was another place. So you were at war with the two of you, your ego and your soul. I feel like at that moment in time, so how were you able to, obviously talking to your mom and talking it through, but how were you able to change that mindset so that way your ego doesn't come back to haunt you on the next stop and say, turn around? What was that journey? Because I mean, going from California, right? Yeah. That's where you were? To Boston. Yeah. I mean, that's a long drive. <laughs> You're not going to get there in three hours. <laughs> I think part of it is I was just too lazy to drive back. <laughs> Like I've gone too far now. It's like, I can't go back. That's a good way to look at it, actually. Honestly, by the time I got to Chicago, I was like, no, I am not turning around. There's no way. Um, Oh, I, you know, I talked to my friend shortly after talking to my mom the next day and I told him that I was really scared. And he said, you know, sometimes you have to give your, um, your body a chance to catch up with your soul. Because, you know, as human beings, we are programmed, we want to survive in the world. And so when you're not, we don't have your like stable and you're, you're not, you don't have that foundation underneath you when you've uprooted yourself, of course, like you're going to feel that, like you're all of the alarm bells are going off, like something's Mm -hmm. wrong. And so sometimes you have to give yourself some time to catch up. Um, And I think that would be my word of advice would just be like patience. You know, you don't always have to make a decision right then and there. Like you can let things percolate and you can sit with them for a little while and then make a decision. I think sometimes we feel like pressured to have to decide or define things right now, but not necessarily. You can give things a few days or even a few weeks. And then the more time passes, the more things become more clear. Oh, that's what your friend said is so powerful. Like sometimes your soul no, your body has to catch, up, has to to catch up to your soul. That's powerful. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I know you had this video that really stood stood out to me where, you know, you mentioned that you just don't want to have attachments to outcome. Mm. How do you achieve that? Because we automatically yeah. always expect <laughs> something, especially 
when we're investing ourselves, when yeah. we're putting in work, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be on ourselves, on our careers, when you're investing and taking time, you want you want to expect something oh, yeah. in return. Like, how do you not attach yourself to outcome? And so how has that been for you? And how do you get there if you've gotten there? Yeah, I think I'm always working to get there. I don't think I've ever arrived there, yeah. but that was the theme of the road trip was to be an attached right. outcome. And um, I think what helped was for me to actually be on a trip where I couldn't be attached to any one place because I was continuing to drive. And so I was actually like mm. seeing that in real time and also trying to practice that in my life with my business, with relationships. Um, and what I ended up doing or trying to focus on was just not letting my mind wander to the future and just trying to be 100% locked into the moment, locked into the person, mm. locked into the experience, to the words that they're saying, and to like really give someone or something your undivided attention as it is right then in that moment. And when you're so mindful and so dedicated to the present, you can't do anything but be there. And, you know, attachment, I think, comes from having anxiety about what this person or thing or experience will bring for you in the future. It's all like future talk, not present talk. So that was just my, you know, my goal was to try to like really be present. I think for me, I practice that the most with the relationships. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the past, I had been very, I struggled with it, like not feeling like I, I wanted to. I wanted things, if something felt good, I wanted it to last forever. And um, I think the most growth for me as an individual came from realizing that it doesn't have to last forever for it to be great and for mm. it to change you and transform you and then move on to something else that's beautiful, you know? And you never run out of things to love. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's and not beautiful. having some sort of like timeline or... um. Like I'm supposed to arrive here by this date and time. We had this great conversation with a previous guest about that, where it was just like, you just keep moving and moving and moving. I mean, we don't know like when, let's say the business will thrive or when you meet the one or whatever that is, right? right? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Have you dealt with that? Like saying, hey, by X time, like for example, if you moved across the country, pretty much you're like, I need to be here by this time. Like, did you have a time frame for yourself? When I was driving, no, I didn't. I like was very adamant about not having a timeline. And, you know, I allowed myself to stay way longer in Chicago um, than I planned on doing. And then when I got to Boston, I decided, wow, I think I might actually want to stay here. But I let things kind of unfold. And it was, it was beautiful to learn how to like to see that this type of life could be possible, that you can let things yeah. unfold and be as they are. And everything is just fine when you do that. You know, it's not like the world ends. It's like everything keeps moving. It feels yeah. like that sometimes. Well, because you feel like when you're not being proactive, then what are you doing? Right. Then you feel like nothing's going to happen if I don't do something. But nature teaches us that things are always happening and yet they're not in a rush. Like everything just happens in its time. It's the ebbs and flows. It's the flows. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, how, how are you dealing with this? Because also as a content creator, and we know, because we're, we're creators and anybody viewing, listening to this, you, you see the beautiful video, but you don't see the, the edits and, and you're so intentional with the, the music. Options. 
I always look at your videos for music. You're killing it. You always know what songs Austin to make. I he we love him. Shout out to Austin right now. And thank you to shout out to Anna because she put me on to him. But it's so much work. It's it's um, you know, it's turning on the camera, but then it's editing, it's putting the right, you know, um song, it's putting the right writing, like the you're so good at it. Like you are such a writer and we're going to get to, you know, your new endeavor at the end of this episode. But I really want to talk to you about that. Like that pressure that you, you already have going on in your own real life. Right. So like you're, you're traveling, you're, you're moving, you're figuring things out. Now you have all this responsibility. You're also creating content and a business. business. (laughs) You know, you got your students, you got your clients, like how, Talk to us a little bit about that flow and how that's been for you. <laughs> As I'm listening to you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out. In all honesty, I am 100% still trying to figure it out because I think um, there are days where I feel more driven to create and other days where I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing to share right now. Um, and I'm, I'm constantly working to figure out how... I, I don't think creativity is this fixed, finite thing that we only have so much of. I think we have a wellspring of it inside of us. And so what I'm really trying to learn how to do is be able to access that at any given point. And I think that what has come, what I'm beginning to realize is it's something that you have to churn every single day. There are moments where I don't feel like I want to do anything. I don't want to create a video. I don't want to write. I don't feel in the mood to do any of it. Right. But just the act of doing it, like the repetition of it, repetition makes the master. It's like, you got to keep churning. And I think as creatives, as artists, when we don't feel like doing something, we don't feel inspired or creative. That's so hard, but I'm learning that, you know, it's just, it's that commitment to your craft every day, even if it's Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, even if it's 20 minutes to keep just churning away. Um, and also being okay with the, the fact that not every piece of content I put out is going to be groundbreaking. And it's like letting, you know, removing ego and just loving the process. It's like a game. So even that. if you're not in the mood, you still create. Still put something out. Still try. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, where variety comes in. Like, especially, you know, realizing that you can be creative in many different ways you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to put out like one style of video every single day. That's the same. Like you can switch it up and push yourself to try new things and to be creative in the way that feels right then, as long as you're doing something. Yes. I love that. Thank you for that. Cause some days I'm, I'm not in the mood. I'm like, I'll post tomorrow, but no, it's consistency. It's about putting it into the craft, commitment to the craft. And if you're not feeling like super outward facing, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. the act is actually just writing then and not showing your face, but still dedicating some time to your craft in some way. Yeah. So it's like working with what you've got right then, but also staying consistent. I love that. So outside of that first night in your road trip, like what has been, what would you say is the most challenging thing that you've faced throughout this entire new chapter ultimately in in your life? life? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I was on such a high coming here and just being mm-hmm. probably the most confident I'd ever felt just taking this yeah. awesome trip, creating like on a, on a flow with my work and the content that was going out. I was so proud of it. 
Um, and then the dust settled, you know, getting to Boston, also being in the thick of winter in the pandemic, feeling yeah. super lonely, gained some COVID pounds. Like I found oh my myself God. in this like depression for, you know, I would say a few months and it was like, what comes up must go down. And, you know, I've kind of wiggled my way out of that. I feel like I'm on the upswing now, which is great, but um, it was really challenging to admit that things were really hard. I think I tried to deny it. And when I became aware of how I was feeling and named those emotions and just allowed myself to be where I was, then things got a little bit easier. And then I was able to think clear enough to decide what I wanted to change and how I wanted to work my way out of the hole and feel better. And, you know, I think I'm in the process of doing that right now. I think transitions are hard, yeah. hard to make new friends. And, you know, we're also in the middle or coming out of the pandemic, but you know, it's all, it's all challenging. I oh love that gosh, you yeah. shared that with us and thank you for being so open and vulnerable thank because, you. you know, I think at one point or another, we all experience that. Um, and I think it happens majority of the time when there's such a big change and transition in your life. Right. Um, and I love to hear too, that now you are coming on the up of it and, and that's awesome. I don't know if you don't mind sharing, but you know, was it fear that you had, like when you were, when you were in that small season, what were the things that you were afraid of? Was it a financial thing? Was it being lonely? Like what, in, in this transition, what were the things that you were mostly afraid of? Um, I think it was, I really struggled with body image. When I look at it now, I, I think, you know, immediately my body started to change. I began feeling mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm, I don't feel as confident. I don't feel as beautiful. I don't feel, I mean, I just didn't feel like wanting to put my face out there. I wanted to hide. Mm. And wow. I really tried to challenge myself to not hide, but to talk about it and to talk about it openly. And that was really challenging because I didn't want to admit that there was something wrong. I didn't want to admit that I was struggling because I also felt like people were looking to me as, you know, as a leader and as somebody who has the answers all the time. And right, it's right. hard to be honest with people about the fact that I don't know, and I'm going through something really hard, but you know, the more honest I am about what I'm struggling with the more you just like shine a light on those dark parts of yourself that you don't want anyone to see. But when you expose yourself, the lightness touches it and it doesn't feel right. as dark and twisty anymore. It's like, okay, this might be more manageable than I thought. Absolutely. And it just also like in releasing it, it's like, this is what it is. So then you accept it because there's no more hiding. Right. Like that's where the anxiety comes. Like, Ah, and that hiding right, of it. Right. And it's, you know, I resonate with that a lot, like body image and, and showing up online, but especially when you've gotten all these new followers, like it's exactly what you're saying. And, and they're looking towards you to be the answer, this, the, the end all be all. Yes. And, yeah. and, but in sharing that, that darkness that we all have, right? Because we talk about art and it's, it's light and dark. There's no masterpiece that doesn't have those shadows, those different colors and stuff. But by you sharing that, it's like, it's so powerful. And so many people, like I can relate to that. Like, especially, you know, just as simple as like a stories, right? And you're like, oh, I have to do it again. I, like my nose looks big or whatever. That's my thing, my nose. <laughs> you know, no, and, and the it's filters just that the they're filters. putting on now, like we had this discussion the other day where <laughs> the Steph's filters. like, 
I feel like I don't want to like not put it on. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you want to put on the filter. I mean, there's so many things going against, I think, us as women, especially, you know, that can create those body image, those self, you know, image issues that we all face at, from one time to another. But, you know, being brave enough, like how you are to speak on it, you know, engages other people now to speak. And then whoever's listening, you know, or seeing this can feel seen because we're all going through it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think talking about the body image stuff was weird because it's not in my like line of, you know, that doesn't feel like it's my brand or doesn't feel like it's my. (laughs) Yeah. I see what you mean. You know, one thing that I try to convey to my students and clients too, is that if it's happening to you, it's part of your personal brand because it's happening to you. It's part of you. That's good. I love that. Talk to us a little bit about PBA. Because we know that you're helping so many people right now, you know, just killing it in the personal branding arena. So we would love for you to share a little bit about PBA. Yeah. So it's a three-month program that teaches entrepreneurs how to build a personal brand. So we take our students the process of creating their personal website, deciding their visual identity, helping them craft their message and the story that they want to share with others, and then how to use social media and create content consistently. So it's a, it's a really intensive three month experience and people, you know, I think what's so interesting about it is people go into it wanting to build a personal brand, but what they come out of it with is just this whole new level of self-awareness and understanding of who they are. Yes. And I think when you are not afraid to look at yourself, honestly, and you're also given a space where you can share, honestly, people walk away feeling really affirmed and more confident in who they are and more confident in sharing what's important to them. So that's, that's our program. We typically take like 15 people through it every quarter. And so, um, yeah, we get a chance to get really close with people and there's breakout sessions and it's just like become this really awesome community. I love that. When did this idea like come to be, was this something you had before you moved or was this during this trip? It was before I moved. Um, it, yeah, it was before I moved. I took like a few of my clients through the program one-on-one. And so I like really worked on the curriculum with my one-on-one clients and made sure that it was something I felt like was sustainable in this group setting. And um, when I was finally ready to do that, I, I changed, yeah, I created a group program. And I think actually that was more powerful than I ever imagined because people had this chance to talk about to have dialogue about what they were feeling mm-hmm. and experiencing in this like really safe space. And the, right. the breakout groups are where a lot of people have that transformation. It's like right there in conversation. And I think I, I, um, I didn't realize how powerful just the community aspect is just being able to talk about things and to have other people offer their feedback and weigh in. And uh, yeah, that's really, I think what's been the most powerful part about it. I love that. I love that. So Anna, what is the ultimate goal for you? And I know that's a hard because that changes, but right now in the present moment, what's the ultimate goal for Anna Batoni? Um, do you just want to hear what I just wrote in my journal today? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a millionaire before I'm 30. And the way <laughs> I'm going to do that is I am going to continue building PVA. I think it's an amazing program. I 
bet every ounce of myself on it. And I'd also like to create a program where people can become certified to be a PBA coach and they can take their own students through the program and use the curriculum to teach and empower their own students. Um, And then I also have, you know, I don't really market this. I think I probably will do that more, but I also run a boutique agency. So I have, you know, there's like a handful of select clients that I work with one-on-one and we actually facilitate all the moving parts for them. So we help them with their website and the copy and photos and stuff. And so I'd like to continue building that. And then above all else, the book, baby, it's going to be so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working on a book right now and I'm really, really feeling fired up about it. I think the first month of writing, I was like, what the heck? Is this? <laughs> but now I think the last week or so I'm like, okay, I think I might have something. It's going to take a lot, but um, I'm, I'm really excited to get it out into the world. Yes. Well, you amazing. have to come back on when it's out. Yes, please. All good things. Amazing things are coming to you, Anna, and you know this. We absolutely love you. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and speaking with us. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about Anna and the PBA program, please visit AnnaBatoni.com. Subscribe and leave us a review on all of your favorite platforms. This helps us continue to bring you great conversations just like this to you every single week. And text us to the phone number below for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. As always, we encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love Melissa and Stephanie Carcace.